Sorry, you won't. You, you're not going to die now. Do you understand my point? You will not even fall sick. That's guaranteed. As sure, you will not fall sick. You are not going to die. You will not fall sick. Just make sure you use this, um, like Pastor Delvan will say, this sabbatical period. Make sure you use it to 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 pay attention to the word of God. Amen. Yes, Sabbath. That's what you do with Sabbath. So it's rest for everybody. All right, so everything is slow. Instead of you whining about how come you are not making as much money as before, don't worry about it. When it is over, God will give you the years that you lost. Amen. Yeah, that's what he does. I'll soon get to my message in a moment, but just understand that that's one of the things God, God does. You know, one thing about Christianity is that we have to learn to operate by faith. I know what faith means. Faith does not mean that... Now, I may end up starting my preaching now, so understand this is your portion in Jesus' name. Now, faith does not mean that I get things just um, that exactly what I want. That's not really faith. You know, it's a misconception of faith for us to think that if I really have faith, if I say to go like this, it must go like that. If I say it must come this way, it must come this way. Faith does not mean absolute control of the fine details of life. A major part of faith is ability to trust somebody else is taking care of you. Do you get my point? Faith is not just because the concept of faith for a lot of people is that I asked God for this and I got what I asked for. It is also faith to know that if it doesn't give me what I asked for, it doesn't mean he did it here. It just means he ruled otherwise. Yeah, you know, that's one part of faith that for a long time people felt that, no, you are not um, teaching it properly. But it's not really so. The impression is given as if you ask for something, you get it, it's a sign that faith is working. Sometimes it is. Not all the time. Sometimes it is, not all the time. You don't only use faith to get things, you use faith also to let them go. You don't only use faith to receive things, you use faith to understand why it was denied. Because sometimes it is not true that God doesn't say no. You know, I, that thing was preached. You know how I could have accepted at the point in time, I'm wondering what I was smoking that period. Which living, loving father never says no? If God never tells you no, then you are all wise. That means your requests are always accurate. You don't make any mistake. You never misjudge. You, also, you always know what is good for you at each point in time. That is the reason why a loving father will never tell you no. Think about it. You cannot, with one mouth, say, admit that you don't know everything. Do you get my point? You admit that you don't have all wisdom. Then with this same mouth, you tell me that God must answer every request the way you request it. Then something is wrong there. Either he's a robot which you would sometimes try to present him as. Or he's really not a loving father. Or actually, or he has given up on you that you don't listen. You are so stubborn, he won't have peace unless he does what you're asking. And he does that once in a while. In Israel, he did it. When they, they said, we must have meat. We must have meat. Because they eat this manna. They say no. Things were better in Egypt. Things were better 
when we were over there. That the problem, they were inferring that the problem, why God is not giving us anything but manna, is that that's all he can afford. Why he's not giving us anything but manna is that that's all he can produce. He's feeding us with manna because he has a store full of manna. No cucumbers, no garlic, no beef. Of course, there was no beef. No chicken. So God said, all right, let's solve this problem. You will eat meat until you are tired of eating meat. So he brought meat to them as birds. He could have brought them cattle. He could have brought them goats. What they would just see is goats all over the place. And he said, kill, arise, kill and eat. He could have brought them any of those things. But why didn't he give it to them? He didn't want them to have it. He brought them the birds for whatever reason, but to prove a point that providing meat for you was never my problem. I'm not giving you meat because you don't need it now. So when he gave them meat, he sent that, which is what happens. If you force God to give you something he doesn't want you to have, it can never bless you. I'm very wary of testimony. When people give testimony sometimes, I just look at it and say, that's more picking they worry you. The fact that you harass something out of God does not mean he wanted you to have it. For that reason, one of the things faith does is to teach you how to relax even though what you thought you wanted or what you thought you were asking for didn't come. You've already said before that every day, is it every disappointment or how do you say again? Anyway, whatever, that disappointment is a blessing. That is not a lie. That is many blessings that will come into your life will arrive as disappointments. That is a matter of fact. When people suffer broken relationships, maybe engagement and all of that, single people. From time, I say, from time I was young, I never understood why people feel bad over it. I understand that there's this emotional feeling, but it shouldn't last more than 12 hours. After 12 hours, you should delete the name Angelina from your phone. You should delete the name. Delete every memory. Say, I bet go. Honestly. I've never understood. I remember once I was talking to one of our sisters those days. She had one of those experiences. And I said to her that if I had the power right now to turn things around to the way things used to be, I told her straight. I said, I won't do it. I will not do it. Why? Because we have a father. A heavenly father. He broke the engagement. It's not a marriage. Well, God will comfort you. Forget that. God doesn't need to specially comfort you. And just by the way, can I say something briefly? If you're engaged for more than six months, your head is not working. I said six months, yes. Okay, I'm talking to you. I don't know who you are, but I... Yeah. <laughs> talking to you. Say, so, Pastor Banke, you may have was less than six months. It wasn't exactly less than six months, but from the day I asked the woman to marry me, and she said yes, I said, when can we see your father? I don't know how many of you have seen, if you have ever come to me, 
you're a single man, you come to me, or you're single, you come to me, and you're smiling. And there's one guy or one lady standing too, not too far away. As you finish greeting me, I'm looking, who's that? And I say, hey, that's why I came to see you. I was, what do I always say? What's the date? You, you don't go with that. If you tell me that uh, we are thinking about it, that you are not engaged, get, that, get out of my sight. You're not engaged. You're, you're not engaged unless you have a wedding date. Are you smoking something? All of you, right, that engage here or wherever you are listening to me from, and you don't have a wedding date, I break it now in Jesus' name. Oh, I know you won't say amen. That's your problem. <laughs> I break it. I break it. If you can't have a wedding date, you are not worthy of engagement. You know, don't be girlfriend, girl, boyfriend with a play now. If you say you're engaged, you should have a wedding date, at least tentative. And it shouldn't be after my master's degree and you have not finished bachelor's. I've seen it before. Ah, you see. That was how one day I sat in the hospital. One of our sisters came. She, you know, <laughs> I was leaving. She saw me, greeted me. Good afternoon, sir. So, you know, just just there for a few minutes. Then she now told me something. You know, a typical of me once you introduce a man to me, I want to know what is going on next. She now told me that um, the guy is saying that after his masters, I said, sit down. I didn't go again. Yeah, sit down, sit down. I said, so. Somebody is using you to do academic planning. Do you look like director of studies in university? I said, lie, lie. I said, mm-mm. I know they play that kind of thing. You know. That guy gives you a wedding date now. You have you discovered. If you can't, then, please, you are no longer engaged. I lay hands on you. I didn't do that to her. I'm doing it for you right now. I lay my hands on you right now, and I break it. And break it. Break it. Nonsense. You, you, you can't. What rubbish is all of this? Apostle. You, and guys, I'm not talking to you now. Ladies, don't let anybody play with you. By the time you tell you, you marry me, you say, are you sure you want to marry? You say, marry me when? That's what you will tell me. Not uh, just marry me. Then when you have not agreed, I'll be thinking, do I really want to marry? I want to marry. Angela said yes now. Ah, ah okay. Need the next two years. Let's thank God. Even if the guy says, um, I'm trying to get a job. When I get that job, we'll now marry. The answer is still no. What if you lose the job? Just by the way, please let me just we're not doing marriage seminar. I'm just saying that please, you are not engaged unless you are fixing a wedding. You are not engaged hoping that one day you will marry. It is ungodly. What did I say? Okay, let's use the word. It's unwise. Definitely unrighteous. It's not holy. Which other word should we use now? We have used ungodly, unwise, unrighteous, unholy. Let's not for that define it. Let's just say the right thing to do. Once you come and meet this man of God here that you, want, you, you are engaged to somebody, he wants to know wedding date. Now I can understand, of course. Please, don't get me wrong. Sometimes you fix a date, then lockdown comes in. Where's Tivu? I can understand that kind of thing. Do you understand my point? There are times you fix a date. Parents, wahalas, you know, do you understand my point? And so, please, I, I think it's important I say that because we have had issues before like that. One, one mother will just go and see one prophet and the prophet will say that that marriage is not of God. We now need to pray that prophet to this grave first. You know, God has to kill some people by fire. So that the will of God can be done. <laughs> you know what I call false prophets? And of course, you know what they did to this man? 
<laughs> prophet said he's not the one. But that prophet was lucky that the man had it because the kind of wisdom I have now, I have another way. I will pray you to you fall, you fall sick. Somebody has replaced you and prophesied properly. <laughs> you know the trick he used? Amen. To the crafty, he showed himself as crafty. <laughs> The man had a number of names. So it's one that prophet used to pray. So he gave the prophet the second name. <laughs> prophet looked at him and said, this is the one. <laughs> he said, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's all right. <laughs> That's how you know those prophets don't see anything. They don't see anything. They gave him one name. He said, it's not the one. The same person, the same, you know, full name. They just gave him his second name. He said, this one, the Lord says it was. It doesn't matter. You know, I want you to understand. It's not everything you quarrel over. That was not worthy of quarrel. At least you and your wife now have confirmed that this prophet is fake. So we understand all those kind of um, issues that may come up along the line. All right? Please, I understand that. I'm just trying to say that you don't start, you know, you say you're engaged, you're not planning to marry. No. From the beginning, you start planning. So that if we have obstructions along the way, we'll now know this is the cause of the delay. Like our, ah, Baba Steve, where is he? You know, Udechuku is the wisest and is the, I've not seen a prophet like him in a long time. He wanted to marry. The, the Holy Spirit told him to put the date, so and so and so date. The week after his marriage lockdown began. There's no better way to lock down. <laughs> There's no better way. There's no better way. The guy just locked down in the will of God. Amen. Yes, the Lord is good. But how did we get there? You know, when we start preaching, some things just come up along the line. All right, I'm sure somebody is here and, um, oh, you don't have to have all the money. Cut your wedding according to your cloth. Thank you very much. Okay? You don't need to use a Bentley to carry your wife. The Bentley is not your own. Amen? <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'm using it. Borrow one. Hmm? Jesus said, borrow this thing. Did Jesus not borrow? Uh-huh. So, don't pay money. So, if we want to go, there's one particular limousine they are renting for 200000 a day. And you are believing God for the money. And you think God will answer you? God just look like you say, this my son is foolish. Remove that wife from him. Give her to somebody else. What are you looking for money to rent? Borrow one. Just come after service. Just look at one of these bros where they are car they shine. Good afternoon, sir. So I don't know how they can we use your car to carry the bride? The guy will say no problem. That's it. My, my motor don't carry bride tire. Oh yeah. And my car is anointed. If you want to look for a wife, just come and sit in it for five minutes. The anointing of the bride have entered. It might enter your body. The Lord is good. Mm-hmm. Just cut your coat according to your cloth. And please don't stop believing God for wonderful things. You know you shouldn't do that. David said, I have quietened my soul. I don't involve myself in things too wonderful for me. And please, sister, stop having ideas. My, my wedding ring will be made, we have real diamonds. You know, if God gives diamonds to you as a result of prayer, He has sent a thief that's coming to collect you after two weeks just to help you understand. For your information, you're the only one that knows He has diamonds. 
Oh, there's what they call, is it cubic zirconium? It looks, only experts will know that's not diamond. Yes, and it's one, not one-tenth the price, that one-fiftieth the price. Just go to the market. Anything that completes it, complete, even if it's made of lead, use it. What am I saying? Don't kill yourself. What did I say? Don't kill. Don't. There are prayer points you must not have. You must not have prayer points about the kind of cake you will have. It must not be a prayer point. The kind of ring they will give to you or you will give to somebody, you mustn't pray about it. Anyone you see, what do you do? You use. In America now, they have plastic cake. Don't be to take photo. You had the plastic, put it there. It looks real. You just put one small section where you can eat. I hope you're getting my point. You don't need to kill yourself. That's what I'm trying to explain. It's not necessary. Hmm? It's not necessary. It's not necessary. All right, so you that I'm talking to, I know, I'm sure you are here. Are you in the other hall? There are people who came today. That's the problem. Do you understand my point? I have solved it for you. I have solved it today. So you can now go back home, go and meet your fiance or fiance. Who is say or fiance? Which one is male, which one is female? But you, you know, you're intended, amen? Go and say, Pastor Banky has given us money. Ah, the person says, hey, praise God, where's the money? It was in his mouth. It's in my ear right now. So our budget for ring canceled, for cake canceled, for car that will carry you canceled. Everything has been canceled. What do you remain? The Lord is good. Don't worry. You will take the pictures on your 10th anniversary. Before that, and let me pray for you. For don't hammer. Amen. Yes. That one, you, God will have blessed you so much. You'll not be telling the story of 10 years ago. Amen. But don't keep somebody's daughter waiting because you want to hammer first. It's not the will of God. Amen. Amen. The Lord is good. No, Jesus, people don't understand something. He said there was no room in the inn for Jesus Christ. All right? There's another part of the story Joseph didn't tell you. He told me. He said, Pastor, it was the inn I could afford that was full of. There was an expensive inn. Now money I not get. Do you get my point? You get the library was full. Yes, now the guy was not rich. What am I going to say? Jesus was still born. Amen? So don't worry. God will still bless you. Those dreams, you, Cinderella is fairy tale. did not happen. Diana had a fantastic word. It did not last. And was not happy. I hope you're getting my point. So enjoy your small wedding. Is it you? You are looking at me like you're looking guilty. The guilt in your face is. Chooks, ask him after. Maybe not him. All right, the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Okay, I'm sure I've helped somebody today, even though it was not deliberate. Psalm 23. I want us to start from Psalm 23, School of Prayer. I would like us all to read together. Don't stand up. Just um, remain seated. I want us to just read that together. If you are ready, say amen. amen. All right, one, two, let's go. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. 
my cup overflows. Surely, goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. Now, I want to just share with us briefly today, not a long series, just a a short, uh, I hope to just do one day of it, exhortation to remind us on how we stay, uh, which expression do I use now? How we stay prayed up. I just coined that expression. How we keep our prayer lives for ourselves up. If you see, for the last uh, few weeks, we've been talking about how to pray for the church of God. And I just want to come down to the how we pray for ourselves. That is, if I want to pray for myself as an individual, you want to pray for yourself as an individual. What are you supposed to do? And there's something one man of God said. I can't remember who said it now, but I remember uh, that somebody said that you shouldn't allow the devil to give you prayer points. What he's trying to say is that you don't wait to fall sick before you start praying about healing. You don't wait to fall uh, to be broke before you start praying about money. Now, now that's that's a very instructive statement. In fact, like one other man said, you can miss that mess. You understand my point? You can do some things that will prevent that mess from coming into your life in the first place. And I want to just explain something about that. Now, those statements they made, which I believe, we still have to balance with what um, the Bible says. So we are not worried about tomorrow. We are not preoccupied with trying to solve problems tomorrow. You are not going to start asking for money now when you don't even know whether you need a particular amount of money. There's something I learned many years ago from EWKN, and it explained that Jesus lived in Psalm 23. If you see the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, you, I, I don't think you, the only time you see him praying for himself per se is nevertheless not my will, but yours be done. And if it is your will, let this call pass over me, but nevertheless, if, if it's possible, let this call pass over me, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. That's why you see Jesus Christ uh, praying. That's how you saw him praying for himself. So it kind of taught us that time that Jesus lived in Psalm 23. And that's what I want to explain briefly. Now, how do you pray for yourself? And like I was saying, you pray for yourself all the time, but not necessarily making specific requests if there's nothing that's bringing up a request. But what you do is to declare the promises of God over your life all the time. Let me quickly say something. There's something I say once in a while about the word of God. I say, don't touch that scripture. Remember that I said once in a while? Don't touch that scripture. Don't touch that scripture. What do I mean? Is don't explain anything away. There's something about the word of God. Let it be in front. You'll be behind. When I say be behind now, it's not that you want the word of God to be distant from you, but let it be in front. Even if you have not attained to that and you don't know how it will happen, just be like Mary. The angel came to Mary. The angel said to Mary, this is going to happen to you. You are going to have a child and all of that. And she said, how can this be seen that I know no man? And the angel began to explain. And when I saw the explanation, I made up my mind. That when I read the explanation, which you all know, I made up my mind that Mary was even as confused, or even maybe more confused at the end than at the beginning of the explanation that um, Gabriel, the angel, gave. But her response is what I want us to note. Her response was, all right, now I want to just frame it in my own way now. Everything you have said, I won't lie to you. I don't really understand. I don't really understand. However, let it just be unto me according to your word. Now, she didn't know how it was going to happen. She couldn't know it because it had never happened before, which was why the angel had to come to talk to her. She could not know it. Nobody had that testimony. That was why the angel, you know, I mean, someone like um, 
um, Elizabeth. She had a testimony. They all know the story of Abraham and Sarah. So she could understand that. But what was going to happen with Mary had not happened since the days of Adam. Adam was the only person that came and did not have a natural father. Now that's going to happen again. So I don't understand how the explanation of um, Gabriel will have helped her. So she said, said it like this. Let it just be unto me according to your word. In the same manner when we encounter the word of God, sometimes the word may not appear pleasant. Do you understand? It may not be something that the society has taught you. That's an example I give all the time. That's from Psalm 127. The Bible says, children are the heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is a reward. And it says, blessed is a man who has a quiver full of them. Now, modern day, I mean, since I was a young boy, especially when we got into university, the concept of having one or two children had come into vogue. And let me drop this again, by the way. And what they call science sometimes is very political. Do you get my point? It's very, there's a lot of politics in it. There's a lot of politics. If people want something done, science will find an explanation why we should do it. <laughs> do you follow what I'm saying? So, economists looked and said the population of the world is too much. Which, incidentally, at that time, it was not true. It wasn't true. The problem was their selfishness. The problem was that they were doing this women liberation thing. And in the process of women liberation, you needed the woman to be able to get free out of the home and go and become, you know, a doctor, a lawyer, a politician, you understand, an, an engineer, anything that the man is, including an astronaut. Do you get my point? And if the woman was going to have children, she would not be able to do that, at least not for the first maybe 15, 20 years of her life, that is of her adult life. If she got married early, she probably wouldn't be able to do anything until her late 30s and 40s. So, that was the issue. Now, believe me when I'm telling you these things. I'm not exactly a conspiracy theorist, but I just know some of these things. So it was there. It was there. So they wanted to free their society. So they began to campaign. You should not have more than one child or two children. And they carried to an extent that now in Western Europe, most of Europe actually, and um, North America, population were well not for immigration. United States population will also be crashing also. Why do you think Canada is giving everybody visa? You think it's out of love? Nobody to populate the place. It's not love. Germany and all of that, they need, they need immigrants to come in and fill the place as a result of the things that they have practiced for a very long time. So that the average number of children per household right now is less than two. And you need, to, you need two point something average for the population to remain steady. They have less than two. Many of them don't marry at all. And when they do marry, they don't have kids. When they have, they just have one. And that's a token single one. That's it. Now, let me not sit on that uh, sociology. Let's talk um, scripture still. So, they began to teach it. You get to school, they, they can't. Look, some of the reasons why Bill Gates sold himself into this conspiracy theory. People have, they want to finish him. Because part of his thing, I, I didn't know this until a few days ago. Part of the thing he's pushing is contraception and abortion. I did not even know that, okay? I knew about the vaccine thing. Vaccine was not the problem. It's the contraception and abortion that makes Christians actually hate him and easily rope him into the false, it's false, it's false conspiracy theory about vaccine and uh, they want to control you. Somebody even say they give you vaccine, you become a vampire, you turn to zombie. You know, when you hear some things, you just say, Christians, you guys are fantastic. You know, just stick with the gospel. Are you getting my point? It should be better, honestly. Couldn't believe it. 
So when they give you genetically modified food and they give you a vaccine, you'll be testing for blood. I said, excuse me? So you now become a vampire. It's not good to watch too many movies. Start having ideas. Anyway, back to what I want to say. So those were now taught to people. You grew up like that. Young people just grew up with the concept that life is about enjoyment. And children are a burden of the Lord. And the fruit of the womb is punishment. And blessed is the man that has as few as possible of them. What I've told you is the modern way by which you read that Psalm 27. They educated us like that for a very long time. Me, I didn't, I refused to learn it anyway. I'm a very stubborn person in some areas. But most people learn it. So when you talk even amongst Christians, the way they will attack you. What are you doing with the children? Do you want to sell them? They are, Christians will actually say stuff like that. So I say, what did, what the, but the Bible says Psalm 120, that in Psalm 107 says this. You know what they will tell you? It depends on the size of your quiver. First, it's a very silly statement. It's like saying, blessed is the person whose bank account is full of them. You know, say it depends on the size of your bank account. Does that make sense? You should get things in context. That's number one. You don't find that is, sorry, that's number one. The second point is that you can see clearly, do you understand? That you don't know the size of your quiver. How will you know it? Have you seen it before? Is your quiver your house? If you're in, in a one bedroom apartment today, who said you not become a 10 bedroom mansion tomorrow? Do you follow my point? So that scripture, people just decided to malign the scripture for nothing. We're not teaching family issues now. What I just want to bring out is this. So this is what I tell people. I must, I might say you should want 10 children like some of us used to like love those days. No. I'm just saying don't touch that scripture. Just leave it alone. Don't explain it away. Because every time you twist the word of God, you deny a blessing that's inside it. And there's no way around that, that, that principle. There's no way around it. If God has packed a blessing in a particular scripture, you either take it or you leave it and leave the blessing. So this is my advice to people. When you get to points like that, just leave it. Don't say anything. Don't explain it away. Stop giving. I'm sorry to say it like this, all right? I just want to, I want to shock people into having common sense. Stop being silly. By twisting and saying, depending on the size of your quiver. Have you ever seen your quiver? Many of these quivers is nothing but selfishness. Talk to somebody once say, you know, in Africa, we can't, you know, now, you know, if you have too many children, you can't carry them to Dubai. You can't carry them for holiday abroad. I'm not ashamed to say it. All my life, all my life as a child, I never went holiday, even in Lagos, talking about abroad. I grew up in Ondo State. My mom will harass my parents. I want to travel far. He said, Who are you going to disturb? Hardly traveled anywhere. Apart from around. Are you getting my point? One day my wife was, she was traveling. So she said, can I take some of the children with me? I said, to where? She said, to America. I said, who, who will pay the ticket money? He said, I let them go and see their cousins. I said, don't worry, I will pay for data. Skype. That time there was no WhatsApp call. And I said, hey, wait, 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 this kind of story. So I now told, told my son, sit down. I wanted to make a choice. You follow your mother to the U.S. Or I buy you PS4. I listed the number of games, paid DSTV for three months. A link man said, No, America can't wait. 
when you tell boys you buy PS, that this PS, ah, hey, I see my children using style to admire PS5. I haven't worn them seriously. The PS5 is coming out this year. I say, what do you want? Do I work for Sony? The point I'm just making is this. Listen, we give some of those funny explanations, things that are not real, vanity, to reason away the word of God. So what do I say to people? Don't touch that scripture. Just leave it. Those explanations are silly. You've never seen your quiver. And the quiver you have today, assuming you think your flat is your quiver. Let me give you another word. It's a prayer, a blessing. God will expand that quiver. Your house right now is three bedroom. One day you will own it. It will be eight bedrooms. Each one of them, each one is sweet in his own. So you see, your quiver is expanding, man. Even the universe is expanding. Your quiver is expanding. If that was the quiver, even then, that's not the quiver. Please, I'm doing all this talk to just let you know how you handle the scripture. Just leave it. When, now, that's on one side. Another as example, Jesus said, in this world you have tribulation. Don't confess it away. He said, he has declared it. In this world you have what? Tribulations. Don't come and say, I shall not have tribulation. Who are you? You will have tribulation. Say amen. amen. Say amen. amen. It's a sign that you are walking in righteousness. It's not just a struggle. I don't mean I'm robber will shoot you. That's not what I mean. I mean if you continually walk in righteousness, especially in a corrupt environment, you will have tribulation. You will. Your sound spiritual principles that you're operating by will make you broke. Is a testing of your faith. Just because you are operating sound spiritual principles, it will have, there are different kinds of tribulations. There's financial tribulation. I don't mean that, that um, they will just sack you for nothing. There are times you will be sacked for righteousness sake. There are times you are not sacked. The business is your own. But you opened your mouth, made a promise, I will sell this thing to you for 200,000 naira. Then something happened. After the man has given a deposit of 50,000. Now you are going to get that thing out for 250000 And you can't, you can't go back. People don't realize it. A man has given you a deposit. Now go back and say, ah, I can't do it for that price again. It's a sin. You must do it for that price. Go and borrow and do it. People don't know. They don't know what Christianity is. It's a blessed man that swears to his heart and does not change. When it happens to you once, next time you'll be careful before you make promises. Next time you'll be careful. That's part of that's what I mean by financial tribulation. You look and say, "My God, I told this guy we're going to do this thing for two hundred. I thought I'd make a profit on it. Now to even get it, to get it out, I'm spending two fifty. Do it first. Supply it to the man. If he's your friend, you can now just him say, "Bros, let me not lie to you. I took a big hit on this thing." But it's not even necessary. Walk away. You've done your part. Everything in life, you are commending your conscience towards God. It's happened to my wife before. Sold somebody, something to somebody, made the mistake, the prizing. When she found out the genuine prize, it was too late. She said, what do I think? I said, have you not read your Bible? You swear to your heart, you don't change. Ah, I don't want to bore you with details. 
She had that experience again and again. Sometimes it was not even, it was not a mistake on her part at all. I just said, well, you've gotten involved in this as a middle person. Sorry, I'm going to take the heat if this thing goes bad. It's not about money. It's about being a godly person. So that's, so that's one aspect of tribulations. So when scripture speaks, just read it. If you don't like it, don't say anything about it. Don't reason it away. He said, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Right now, especially if you own a business, this season, <laughs> you know, when you talk about shaking, let me give you a prophetic word. And I mean, hold what, what I'm about to tell you. Hold it tight. Especially if you own a business. This season, the Lord will blow it over after a while. And then, Every dime that you lost, he will... No, I don't mean that you, you will recover it one way or the other. God will give it back to you. Amen. Be it in mind when you are making decisions. Just know that God just suspended everything for a season. You will, at the end of the day, if you take a short while, not only will he give it back to you, give it back to you double. Amen. Hold on to that word. The Lord will give it back to you double. Maybe the kind of business you, you, are, you are doing has been shut down because of the lockdown. Hmm. I like that rhyme. It's been shut down because of the lockdown. But don't worry. You will open again in a greater measure. Sometimes that business you are doing will close. It will not open again. Don't worry about it. What did I say? If I, he didn't say don't worry. He said be of good cheer. Rejoice. If he said ah, that one is closing down, just rejoice. Just rejoice. Just rejoice. Rejoice. Just that is, nothing is moving every day. Just be rejoicing. Why are you rejoicing? Two reasons. Number one, most importantly, that was the instruction given. Jesus said, Be of good cheer. I have overcome. That's number one. So why are you rejoicing? Because you have been commanded to rejoice. Number two is because of this thing we have said. Because you know. That God will restore the years that the locust ate, the canker worm, the palmer worm, all the, he said, my great army that I sent into your midst. That is, even though I'm the one that sends calamity upon the people, don't worry about it. Whatever in, uh, uh, way it affects you, I will restore double back to you. Please say amen again. Amen. So, no, I went to that and explain something. Scripture, don't touch it. Don't try and modify it. Read it. If you don't know what it means, just behave like Mary. This one you are saying, I don't understand, but let the word of God be true. Leave it like that. It's so important we handle scripture like that. Now, because we're talking about how we stay prayed up all the time, especially for our individual lives. I'll quote Derek Prince again here. Derek Prince says, all God's provisions are in his promises. If God plans to give you $100 million dollars, and 500 billion naira to solve a problem. He doesn't give you a check. He gives you a promise. I hope you are following my point. Whatever God plans to give to you is given to you as a promise. He doesn't show you the bank he lodged it in. He doesn't show you the land he buried the gold in. He gives you what? A promise. All of his provisions are in his promises. All God's provisions 
are in his promises. So, how do we sustain ourselves as believers? Not by looking around, but by looking at what? His promises. That's it. How do we sustain ourselves as believers? Not by, listen to me, not by checking where the environment is good. If you want to plot for progress, for increase in your life, it's not on the pages of the newspapers or the television screen checking what is going on. Every day I see adverts. And if any, once you open a newspaper that's online, I read most of my news online now, okay? You see it, how Canada is a place to pro- prosper and how is it, it is to relocate. They are looking for you if you are like this, like this, like this. I see all those adverts all the time. Secure something for your family. Now, Canada is a good place, amen? Uh, people live there, brethren live there, amen? So it's, I'm not saying it's a bad place. When I see the way they coin the adverts, I start laughing. If I'm looking for progress for my, for my family, and that's the instruction I'm giving this evening, you know what you do? Wake up at night. Grab a Bible. The progress for your family is talked inside there. Let me say it again. The progress for your family is talked inside the scriptures. That's why it is talked. It's hidden inside there. Those days in Lagos, once I was reading my Bible, and I hit Isaiah chapter 66 verse 12. And the scripture almost, you know, you know as if they threw it at me. He said, behold, I will cause prosperity to flow towards you like a river. And the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. You know what I heard from it? What I heard from it is this. Don't go looking for money, bank. You don't worry about it. Just go wherever I will send you. Wherever events that I put around you will lead you, you go there. Wherever you go, I will send prosperity there. A few months ago, I reasoned about it. I said that, script, that promise was not for me alone, actually. Apparently, I collected it also for Kingdom World Ministries. Because my life, personally, and Kingdom World Ministries are very separate. Okay? Now, you see why I'm talking about it. I've had people say to me before, why is ministry living in Enugu and going somewhere else? They say, where you go there, you understand, you will find, look, <laughs> I've seen churches go and open branches in Lagos so that they can repatriate the offerings back to headquarters. And it, look, they're not trying to be wicked. They mean you explain it to you that the money needed to do the work, for example, assume the church is based in Abakliki, the headquarters. So let's go and open a branch in Port Harcourt, in Calabar, and um, in Lagos, Abuja. Right? So that when those ones give offerings, they will now write the constitution of the church so that most of the money goes to headquarters. Why? Because the founder of the ministry feels called to Abakliki, but he needs money. People do that. I've seen it again and again. I asked the man once, why are you doing what you are doing? He said, we need the money in Lagos to do the work of God where we are. And that person said to me, Lagos is where you will see people who will support you. You know, now that I'm telling you this, I'm just connecting a number of things. And when they will talk to me, then I'll look and say, ah, it doesn't make sense. If God truly sent you, he will send your supplies. If God truly sent you, he knows where you are. I never believed a word of what they were, they were telling me. 
And I kept on saying that God knows where I am. And one scripture, also from Isaiah, that I, I, I learned that time, it was prophetic about, the, it was a Messianic verse. He said, the Lord has sent me and his spirit, as I was prophesying. Again, you know what I heard from it? That first scripture, what I heard is, go wherever you have to go. Prosperity flow, to, the word towards was the emphatic word for me there. Towards. Isaiah said, so I will go wherever. God forbids that I go looking. I go where he wants me to go. Then he will cause it to flow towards. Are you getting my point? He said, the Lord has sent me and his spirit. That one, for kingdom, what I got down from the beginning. So what I learned from that was that, Banky, you are anointed to teach the word of God. I believe that. I hope you believe it too. That's why you are here. I said, the same way I'm anointed to teach the word, some people are anointed to bring the money. Money, having abundant finances, and the ability to give is a gift. Let me take a few seconds and digress and explain something. That's why many pastors don't understand. They will say, this brother is very faithful. That's why God is blessing him. Maybe God gives them, assuming we are in the church now, and then God says, okay, and I identify two or three people like that. And they give a lot to the ministry. And I see them making a lot of progress financially. We tend to misinterpret it that the reason why God is blessing them is because they are grace givers. No, it's the other way around. The reason why they are great givers is because God has commanded them. Do you get my point? To enter into the giving ministry. And once God commands you into the giving ministry, he sends the resources along with you. I don't teach the way I do. Listen, I study. I'm not saying I don't study. I read. I like to read. I like to read. Over those days, I used to read a lot. This is I do more of listening. Okay? But I still study on my computer. I check things, check information. But a lot of things, I tell my wife, a lot of things you hear me teach, I didn't know them before I taught them to you. You and I heard them the same time. As I'm preaching, two scriptures will just jam in my head. They distill themselves and something will come out of it. And it'll just be so clear. I'm going to say, so it's not natural wisdom. It's not the product of diligence in study. No. For example, if you're a prophet, all right? If you're a prophet, you don't study how to see visions. There's no book on it. Any book on it is a line book. I've seen books on how to interpret dreams. It's a lie. I don't believe a word of it. God does these things differently at different times. Now, in the same manner, when God gives somebody the giving ministry, you can't explain how he gets money. What am I, when I say you can't explain now, he will be able to show that, okay, we did this business, we did this one. But the wisdom and the ability to do what he's doing is not because he went to school. It's not. It's not even out of experience. Ah, you know, his father used to do. No. It's just grace. That's what they call grace. Grace is divine ability. So sometimes people misunderstand that. They say because his brother gives, God now gives him back. So they will not start giving like him. And God says, oh boy, oh girl, that's not your ministry. I will bless you, but not based on this kalo kalo you are playing. So a pastor will say, this man gave a million within five years. God had built his business to 1.5 billion. So you see people who managed to save a million naira 
to buy a motor car, they will give it as an offering. I'm not saying you shouldn't give your money as an offering. You can give it to, are you getting my point? You can, you should, you should give. Giving is good. But you are waiting for God to build a business. Two years later, you are poorer than the day you gave that money. You start looking and say, ah, did God not accept that seed? He didn't. Because you thought it was a way to break through. Like I said, it's an aside. Bear it in mind. Don't copy anybody. Everybody running his own ministry. Give according to what two things. According to what you have and according to what you are persuaded concerning. Don't give to open any door. Doors don't open because you give. The people you are copying, are you getting my point? They are walking in the realm of their grace. Every Christian should be a giver. Amen? But the person that your pastor is putting in front of you is walking in the realm of his grace. So you, you don't copy him. Just do what you are supposed to do. Apportion your money appropriately. Share it. Be a generous giver. Be ready to share. But please take your eyes off that individual. Not everybody is called to build refineries in Nigeria. I hope you get my point. Not everybody. Not everybody. So back to my, my story. So in that particular scripture, I read it. The Lord has sent me and his spirit. What I heard from that scripture, Isaiah prophesied, was that you go and preach. Don't worry. I will send people that will bring money. Listen, when only my wife and I funded Kingdom World 99%, I believe that scripture. But I told God from the beginning, this experience is not a good one. But I'm believing that scripture. Because how do I know I'm called? Because I've seen people sweat, sweat, carry money. They use the money to do ministry. I said it's not divine order. No, it's not divine order. We have not reached the fullness of it yet, all right? But as at now, 22 radio stations. We're supposed to be on the third, 23rd one. Yes, we're just waiting to make a final, um, you know, um, not, well, timing issue and check a few things out. So finalize negotiations. We'll have 23 by now. We'll have paid them. Not one is free. I keep on emphasizing that. Not one is free. And honestly, we, we don't owe anybody. Anybody we have not paid, either we forgot or they didn't ask or, or something. We don't owe anybody. One of our, one of our faithful broadcasters from time, <laughs> when this COVID thing started. Now, let me give you a testimony. A lot of churches complain that offering is down because of no meeting. Kingdom of didn't suffer 0.1% decrease. I'm not lying to you. If it was to judge COVID by offerings that come to us, we would not have noticed. As far as I was concerned, there's no COVID. One of our brothers sent me a message, one of our broadcasters. He said, ah, Daddy, because with Daddy, he said, Daddy, he's embarrassed to say this, so he knows how things are. He knows how things are. But you know, our money is due so and so and so date, but he knows how things are. I just said, he just, he has to tell me anyway. I just, I replied, it was a chat. I replied it with laughter. You know, this, a smiley face. I laughed. In my mind, bros, forget that thing. You know, reach our side. I said, bros, forget that thing. You know, you know, reach our side. Of course, next day, we wired him their money complete. COVID or no COVID. I'm, I'm, it's a testimony. I'm giving it to you. He said, the Lord has sent me and his spirit. And he said, I will cause prosperity to flow towards you like a river. And the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. This is where I began the Jesus from. And we did not leave Enugu. Oh, that's the point. We didn't leave. 
We didn't open branch anyway. The only place we open branch in quote, in quote, in quote, we have two study centers. Well, we just send materials and they study scriptures. It's Mark Cody and Abak League. And it is not a branch of Kingdom World Ministries. You may, you may have heard me make the announcement before. Anybody can do it. You want to do it now, come and tell us. We'll just be giving you materials, explain to you how the study is supposed to go. And you sit down, gather people, and you teach them the Bible, study, which is what we say we'll be doing here on Fridays, beginning from um, August. So from that scripture, I learned that don't go looking for money. Go looking for your work. Go looking for your duty. I will send prosperity to flow towards you. So there's one principle I've had from time because of that. I must, money must never be in front and I'm working towards it. As a rule of God, money must be behind, working towards me. While I locate where God says we should be through many circumstances and the needs that he brings, I will go in that direction. The provisions of God, they are where? The promises, the provisions of God, they are where? The provisions of God, they are where? So like I said, if you want your family to make progress, if you think that things are not working, it's not to start looking around and say, which environment do we go? No. Say, what are the promises to activate? What are the hindrances to the promises? Let me tell you something. Being a Christian is radical. And you have to do things differently. I remember there was a time in Luth, those days, I was ill. I won't give this about this, this thing now. The, uh, the treatment I tried to take, it didn't, it, it didn't work, number one. Then, at the point in time, I decided that I was supposed to take an injection. I said, no, this is not the will of God. Something led to it. I just decided. So I dropped it. So what I used to do every day, I would listen to the word, to the word in the morning, in the evening. I go to work during the day. I was very, very weak. Most of the time, my appetite was down to very, very low. So for that reason, I lost weight. Every day I go to work, I sit down, do my work, listen to the word in the morning, go back to my room in the evening. I will listen to the word, read the scriptures. I kept on doing that. One day, one young guy, a house officer that I was a resident. So he asked, say, Chief, how are you feeling now? I said, I'm fine. So just out of, he's a doctor too, we're both doctors. So what medication did you take? I said, none. So it's like, why? I, I, and I wasn't trying to, I was just giving him facts. I said, no, I realized I was a weakness of spirit. So, it, so that mentally wouldn't hold it. So that I decided to be for strength of spirit and um, I'm, I'm okay now. I just remember the guy looked at me like, this guy, you are weird. You know, like, I didn't know I was odd until the guy looked at me like, are you serious? Yes, that's what I did. He didn't take any medicine. No, I didn't. Just, you know, this kind of, you're on your own attitude. Just look at me and walked away. And really, what I told him then, I meant, this is, that was exactly what I practiced. I just told myself, no, there's weakness of spirit here. So I took time out every day to settle down with scriptures, confess the word of God on a daily basis until I regained my strength. All of God's provisions, they are where? In his promises. So if things are not working well, Practical tip, wake up at night, take the scriptures, and start studying. I like this story, Demos Shakarian. I think his, was this his father or his grandfather? When they moved over from Armenia, yeah, I think it was his, um, 
Yeah, when he left Armenia, his grandfather was a little boy. It was his grandfather. So his father, his great grandfather died shortly after that. So the grandfather was now, no, I think his father. I think his father. Anyway, one of the people, one of the ancestors, yeah. <laughs> I thought his father was a grandfather. He was working and things were rough for him. He was working in a leather factory and the fumes from the leather was injuring his lungs, literally killing him. He tried everything. It didn't work out. Now, this is where I'm going. They now went to church. All of God's provisions are where? His promises. Now, the elders of the church there, they behave funny. The way they get the leading of the Spirit. Please read my book, Guided by the Spirit. You get what I, want, I mean, the details about what I'm about, uh, I'm about to say now. You get the details there. People say God doesn't lead this way. Have you heard it before? God does not use physical things to lead Christians. I don't believe that thing. God leads in weird ways. What did I say? Weird, odd. There's no rule. The only one that is fundamental is that he changes you until you think like him. Beyond that, he leads anyway. He can lead through your neighbor's haircut. Very odd, right? He can lead through a madman. Pastor Corey said one day he was driving on the road. You know a crazy man? Came to his car and spat on him. Do you understand? He was dressed, wearing a very nice shirt. He was driving the Benin. One crazy man came to near his window and spat on him. <laughs> you know what he heard from that spit? When salt has lost his savour, it is good for nothing but to be trampled upon. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? He said, that, he said he just drove back home, removed his shirt, changed, and started packing. That I'm leaving this city. Yes. That the time has come for me to travel to where I'm supposed to go. He started, he didn't leave that deal, but he started winding down his activity, started packing. A few weeks or a few months later, he was out of Benin, off to Sokoto. He said that's spitting upon him by crazy man on the road. He took it as a sign from the spirit that you have overstayed your welcome here. God lives in different ways. Though. I've read, in that book I wrote about fleas. People say you can't use fleas in the New Testament. Mm-mm-mm. That's an imagination from our minds. If you fulfill the conditions for using fleas, and you are convinced, you know, not as you let me test the fleas, God will use it. Can you cast lots? Of course. Peter and God did. They said, Holy Spirit has not come that time. That's not true. That's not the reason why they... They cast lots. The reason why they cast lots is simply because it is an acceptable way if the circumstances are right. Please, I discussed that in my book, Guided by the Spirit. Please, go, go there. Now, why am I saying so? Now, I was telling you a story before, right? Demo Shakarians, other father or grandfather, therefore went to church and said to the people, things are not working well. So the brethren gathered and prayed. And the elders decided to hear from the Spirit concerning what he's supposed to do. So they prayed to God to tell them what his son should do. And they opened their Bible and put a finger like this. Did you hear what I said? They just threw a Bible open. And one elder closed his eyes and put a finger somewhere. And wherever the finger stopped, he looked there. And the Bible says, Blessed shall you be on the field. 
He closed said, the Lord said, your blessing is in the field. That's why I gave you that preamble. The man just put a hand, finger, randomly through the Bible open, put a finger somewhere. And that one fell on Deuteronomy chapter 28. Blessed will you be on the field. And they closed it and told him that the Lord said, you will be blessed if you deal in produce, uh, products of the field. So the man got up and said, thank you very much. Closed his eyes. Blessed am I in the field. Vegetables from the field. Apples from the field. So suddenly he looked around. He realized that most of the vegetables they used in the city were not fresh. So he started traveling out of the city to the rural areas to gather fresh vegetables and started delivering them house to house on a daily basis. A new business started for him. While doing that, he noticed something about milk. When they started a dairy farm, blessed will you be on the field, started a dairy farm. Make a long story short. He became exceedingly rich in dairy business. At a point in time, he had, when you count his cattle, you know how many they were? One million. All of God's provisions, they are where? That was how they pulled that one out. Along the line, the son, or and his grandson now, you know, I told you, I've not already told you why, Demon Shakarian, one day decided to be speculating in business. God told him, the business almost crashed the whole family business. Until the Lord told him that, I didn't say, he went to pray again. Lord, what is going on? And the Lord said, this speculation you are doing, I did not send you into it. Please, I hope you are getting my point. I'm going to emphasize something. All of God's provisions, they are where? In his promises. Now, I want to add more words to it. God's medicine is where? In his promises also. He said, my son, attend to my words. Incline your ears unto my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. He said, they are life to those who find them and medicine to their whole body. He now said in verse 23, guard your heart with all diligence. That's Proverbs chapter 4. He said, because from it flows for the issues of life. All of God's healing is where? In his promises. In his word. Not in regular checkup. If you give more attention to what doctors are saying than to the word of God, you are not believing God for healing. Mike Mudok said the proof of desire is what? Pursuit. Where a man's treasure is. Answer, answer me properly now. There his heart will be also. So if my healing is in the word of God, I should spend more time with the word of God. If I, spend, if I spend more time checking my cholesterol, checking my BP, going for checkups, I mean, to go abroad for checkup, you know, COVID has proven to us it's not necessary. Rich man, they sick again, have you? Today I heard that international airspace to Nigeria is closed till October. Is it true? Yeah, that was the news I saw today. So any sickness that's holding you, the country in Nigeria, better go to church. The Lord is good. <laughs> 
Yeah, international. That, I, I don't. I, I saw the headline today. I opened it. Somebody sent it, but I, but because I have so many things in my hands, I didn't read it. It's still open. I think it should still be open on my device till now. People will say, ah, no, no, you go for checkup. Now you can't check anything again. Sit in your house. Honestly, when we used to travel, we now, I'm just saying, we people. I don't mean, I never did that. For checkup, do you know how much it cost? Flight ticket, the cost in the hospital, uh, the, the clinic you are going to, everything. I mean, if you don't spend money, at least 1.5 million naira, 2 million naira will disappear. True or false? Of course. Of course. All of God's healing, where? In his promises. I first started with God's prosperity being his promises. I gave the testimony of Kingdom World Ministries, of my personal life. I gave the testimony of Demos Shakarian. Now we're talking about healing again. God's provisions of healing, they are in his promises. Let me say something to us believers again. The word of God is alive. It's not... Unlike every, there are many religions that claim to have scriptures that is like holy writings. Islam has the Quran. Buddhists have the, is it the Vedas? They have all kinds of things. Everybody has his own sacred writings. You know one thing I like about, the truth about all of them? None of them claim that those words give life. They don't claim, I'm not, see, let me tell you something about, about world religions. Even if we're to take them on the face value, assuming everybody's saying everything and they are right, we're not allowed to doubt them whether you, you are lying when you wrote what you wrote or you were confused by evil spirit. Let us assume everything everybody wrote is correct and we could take them, each statement as fact. There is none, not one, is close to Christianity. Not one. They don't even, okay, all the founders of the other religions didn't even make the claim that Jesus made. What did Muhammad claim to be? A prophet. Jesus never claimed to be a prophet like that. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Ekanka says they want to give you what? The natural way back to God. I read in the light of truth, Abdrushin. I don't even know what he wrote. I got a book on Christian science. I didn't get the point they were trying to make. None of them claim to give life. Not one. Islam does not even claim to guarantee you a place in heaven. All the good works is to just improve your chances. Jesus is the only one that will guarantee he that has believed has passed out of death into life. He's the only one. He's the only one. He said, look, Hebrews chapter 4, all right, he explained it. The word of God is what? Living and active in verse 12. And it is sharper than any two-edged sword. What I want to bring out is the fact that I said it is living. Let me explain what it means for the word to be living again. What it means is that it thinks Time to come for Bible study. You got up. You dressed up. You transported yourself down here one way or the other. You climbed up. You took a seat and sat down and began to listen. You are alive. I hope you're getting my point. If a mosquito goes near your ear, you hear that buzz. Reflexly, what do you do? 
You know why? You are alive. It says the word of God is exactly like that. If the word says, if, it, if God promises you something, that promise is called his word. That promise is alive. That promise is looking at you. I don't know whether you get the point. That promise decides what to do concerning your life. That promise decides what it will bring to you, what it will remove from you. That promise will protect you. That promise will deflect evil away from you. That promise actually is crystallized almost into a leap. Like, and many times it will pull, listen to me. You know, demons possess people and make them do things. The promise of God also possesses people because it's a living being and makes them do things for you. I don't know whether you are getting my point here. If God gives a promise, the promise becomes a living spirit. If the promise is concerning divine provision, as an example, that I will supply all your needs. And there's something you have in need. You look to the left, to the right. You don't know where the money will come from. And the world wants to solve it. It can possess somebody. The person will just come, I greet you. How are you doing? What's going on? Before you know what's happening, you open your mouth and say, I'm fine, but I'm just concerned. About what? Tell, talk to me. Talk to me. The guy won't know why he's telling you talk to me. You know why? He has been possessed. He has been possessed. When he says there is none good but God, it's not a joke. The goodness of God will possess him. You finish talking and say, how much are you talking about? So you're telling me you are 1.5 million, we solve all of this. And a whole man like you is doing your face like this. He brings out his phone. Can I have your account number? He wires it to you. He said, let's just be sure. It's not 1.5, it's 1.6. He wires it to you. That is, I'm giving you 100k extra. Then he gets home, tells his wife, I met one guy today. You know him before? Not really. We just met something in me, just I should talk to him. And we became friends. Within 30 minutes, he was telling me, but ah, are you sure he wasn't lying to you? No. Could he have been lying? You gave him 1.6 million. My husband, that is strange, yo. God knows who he, he will possess. You understand my point? You possess a man that had it. Tell the wife, say, even if he's lying, forget it. Then you will now go home. And say, God of miracles, now my... <laughs> Start dancing. <laughs> what you don't understand is this. An angel did not talk to that man. No. God did not talk to him per se. Chance did not lead him. What happened was that the word of God, the spirit, are you getting it now? The spirit in the word, a living being, jumped into him, possessed him the way spirits possess people, made him do that. Then he got back home and is wondering, what happened just now? Why? Because the word of God is alive and Active. I'm talking about how we stay prayed up as believers. How do we do it? It is to put the word of God around us all the time. We don't have to fall sick to confess the word of healing. I hope you're getting my point. No, we don't wait to fall sick before we declare healing. Almost every morning, when we are praying in our house, either my wife leading the prayers or I'm with the kids praying, we declare words like, I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Like this morning, somebody just came upon me as they were saying it. Everybody, lay hands on yourself. My spirit I said, no, you lay hands on them. So I went to each person. You are healed from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. I was laying hands on each person. Nobody was sick. Nobody complained that anyway is paining them. When I was done, I put hands upon myself, did the same thing too. 
Was I feeling ill? No. But I have to activate the promises of God. Where a man's treasure is, there's heart will be also. You no, know, many years ago I go, I went home. Typical of me. This was long before I got married. Came from Lagos. I packed my once I'm packing, everybody knew me that time. I will pack my tapes, you no? Know? I'm traveling. I carry tapes. I even <laughs> if I tell you I'm gonna laugh. I bought see now everything is small electronic devices. I bought a nice little not walkie-talkie, a, no, no, sorry, not Walkman, a player, a proper mini player with two speakers. That's how I used to go around. So I'm traveling, I have a pack of tapes, it'll be at least 10. If the journey is long, 20, with my player. So everywhere I go, there's no way I must, ah, what must they now? How would no good day? How would no good day? I'm traveling inside bus, I bring it out, I, I'm listening. So that day I got home when my mother saw my armamentarium of tapes and books. And I traveled because my sister had been ill for some time. So she's actually the one I came to see. And my auntie that I was living with in Lagos at that time, I had complained to my mother that this boy spends all his money buying tapes, you know, books and stuff like that. So when my mother saw, you know, I'll just bring stuff, I'll bring, she was just looking at it. Ha, ha. So behind my back, oh, she was now having a conversation with my sister who was on the bed because she was really ill. She was getting better, but she really couldn't walk yet. So, and they were, you know, she was just talking. So my mother said, ha, this one, that, this guy, he spent so much money on this, his cassettes and stuff like that. My sister just dropped it for her straight. He said, how much money are we talking about, mommy? Can he buy a pack of these tablets? I'm telling you. Why? She was taking that time Tarivid was a new drug. If you're a medical person, you'll understand. When drugs are new, because they wanted to clear a very strong infection from her bone. So, you don't play with some infections. You fight them, you know, tooth and toenail. So, the doctor said, well, if you're going to be at home, I have to give you a tablet, so I have to give you the strongest thing I can find around. That was what he chose. So, just to my mother, look, check, check this pack. Check those tips. Which one is costlier? My mother said it's true. She kept quiet. What am I going to explain? You know, if we force it, we'll buy this medicine. No, no we'll buy it. Oh. We'll, we'll buy it. We'll buy it. Thank God for Kingdom World Ministries that makes messages free online. Whether they are free online or not, please spend your money. Take a retreat. I'll be getting my point. No, you don't wait to fall sick. Occasionally, take that word. Let me tell you what they call fasting. Let's talk about it again. I'm particularly excited about talking about fasting because I heard Pastor Chris Delvan preach exactly the same thing we've been preaching about fasting. He said, there's a difference between fasting and starving yourself. I'm one person, listen to me, I will say it. I know I'm not a common preacher in that area. Many of us are afraid to fast because we think we'll go hungry and they will not be able to walk again. If you are hungry, you can't walk again. You are not fasting. You are practicing Hinduism. You are punishing yourself. Jesus did not send you. God did not send you. Don't bother yourself. There was one church I went to long ago. They said they are going to do beginning of the year fasting. And all the pastors will not eat and drink for four days. Then the fourth day, they'll start drinking juice. 
Like my mother said, one day she and my wife were existing. Did you kill somebody? <laughs> because she had a friend that used to fast like that. My mother said, who did you kill? Let me tell you now as a believer, that's not fasting. I'm sorry. Please, those who want to disagree can go ahead. There are those who have been, they have been doing it all their lives. So they've done it for 20 years. So they're angry that I'm telling them they have wasted time. You know the truth? What I tell you have wasted time or you have no, I don't tell you. If you have wasted time, you know what? You have wasted time. No matter how long you have been on the wrong road, when you find out it is wrong, you turn back. I mean, no, no ma- it's happened to many of us before. You are driving an area you don't know. You are not used to GPS or before this GPS on phones. You, you, you've gone and, <laughs> fuck. One went for my dad's funeral. Some of our brethren came from Enugu. They were coming from Mawa. They got to Benin. They faced worry. They reached worry. Apostle, they got to worry. Because, you know, you know, bury and uh, night things, all those kinds of things. So they came during the, the, most of them, when they were coming back in the morning, the people that knew the road were asleep. There were like five men in the car. Four were asleep. The guy driving, he got to the, the, pass, uh, the bypass. He blew to the end. You know, when you are turning on the particular road, you don't realize that there's an extension to your left. So when he was coming from Enugu uh, Nature, he turned right and got it right. But coming back, he got to that one, went over, and went to the end of the bypass. And the end of the bypass turns down to worry. The guy reached for begin see a phone sign, but that was when he woke people up. Guys, guys, they look say, ah, oh boy, now what do we reach? They didn't say, ah, well, we have come this far. Let's just continue going. They didn't say so. <laughs> no, now. They turned. They turned. They turned, drove all the way back to that same bypass. That's it. That was the way they knew. So please, whether I tell you you are wrong or not, if you are wrong, you are wrong. Christian fasting is not about hunger. Let me give you a practical one so that you can start fasting more regularly. Okay. If you're fasting and you're very hungry, please, I want to see something that will make you laugh. Go and eat and come back and continue the fast. He said, but I've broken the fast. You haven't. I'm talking Christianity. You have not. What you have done is to regain strength to continue the real fast. What is the real fast? It's setting yourself aside to God for prayer and to hear his word, both from reading, from listening, and from your spirit. That is what the fast is about. Your hunger does not change God's mind. It does not. Once the pain in your stomach and the weakness in your body becomes a distraction, you have broken the fast. You see, the problem is distraction. The problem is what? Distraction. That is why it makes me laugh when somebody says, I'm fasting, and he has gone to work, and he did not eat. Excuse me? You're in the banking hall, you're a banker, you're fasting. You're a doctor, you're a surgeon, you're going to operate, you're fasting. I'm sorry to say, it's a big joke. You're making me laugh. You need the strength to stand. 
You're a teacher. You're going to stand, or maybe university lecturer, you're going to give a lecture for two hours. And you're fasting. That is fasting that you're hungry. And you say, listen to me. It is not Christianity. You can do it. You came from India, I know. It's not Christianity. No, Hindus are strange. They have a background of Hinduism. You do all kinds of strange things. Why am I giving those examples? By the time you stand there, you are teaching economics for two hours. You are not thinking about spiritual things. I hope you get my point. By the time you are standing there, clamp, clamp, you are giving, you are doing surgery, you are doing CS, you are standing. Your mind is not on things of the spirit. It's on your patient in front of you. You are a surgeon. You are a banker. You are in the banking hall. You are attending to somebody moving up and down. You need your retina to see clearly. You are doing things up and down. You are walking, you are walking. Oh, you are a salesman. You are going from office to office. When you collapse the National Assembly, don't call anybody. Oh. <laughs> listen to me, people of God. Once you have left that place, that is a breaking of the... If that, Listen, I'm not saying your fast has been broken. But if it could be broken easily, it has been broken. That it, it is a worse distraction... And you go for a wedding. People are dancing, and you left your house, came for the wedding. They are in front of you, they are doing orokati, don't wanna. You know, you are joining them, and they say, Eat. You say, I can't eat, I'm fasting. You have an evil problem, that is, evil spirit is worrying you, honestly. You left your house. What breaks the Christian fast is distraction. That is why when you want to fast as a believer, you separate yourself. I give, like Daniel, a man like Daniel, you know, three weeks, what did he say? I did not eat what? Pleasant. Let me give you the concept. Go and see when he came as a young boy to Babylon. Each meal was a feast, which he refused to participate in. Do you remember that? So what he meant is that no pleasant food. When they set the table, he didn't used to go. I like when the WF, WF Kumui of um, Dipala said, he said when he was in university, those days, he used to deliberately go late to the hall to eat. Why? Because if he went early, the queue would be long. So he reduced the amount of time he spent in the dining hall by coming at a certain time. Can you see how Christians use their time? There are prince who say, when he was in the army, he would tell you he used to fast is it twice a week. But if you don't look closely, you won't realize something. The only he lived in the like you know, barracks in, during the war. So there will be like maybe 10 guys in a tent, stuff like that in a hall. So the only quiet time he had was when everybody went to eat. So to gain that time, he will forgo of the food. He gains the time. So everybody has gone to eat. He's in the room. He's studying the scriptures. He does that, I think, two or three times a week. Please, I hope you are following my point. How do we stay prayed up? So, this is a practical thing. Daniel, three weeks, he did that. It's a very practical thing to do. Maybe you can't take a leave. You have to go to work every day. A simple thing. Sleep very early. And wake up very early. Make sure as soon as you get home, you do, look. You know, Manchester United, who are the people that I heard they won a the league? They were very happy recently. Real Madrid, they will still win another league another year. They won't stop playing. 
So don't let them keep you awake. As soon as you get home, eat your supper, go to your room, and sleep. Nine o'clock, eight o'clock, you, are, you have slept. You will get a lot of sleep by 3.30 in the morning. Wake up, have your bath, freshen your face. You will have three good hours before anybody else wakes up. Or before you need to start getting ready to leave the house. You do that for three weeks like Daniel. Angels will come and talk to you too. Oh, angels will come and see you. But many people wake up at seven in the morning. Father God, we thank you for this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, uh, honey, are you not going to eat? No, no, no. You know I'm fasting. No, I'm, I'm fasting. I'm fasting. I'm fasting. Then you disappear. Morning, afternoon, and evening, you are seeing one client talking to somebody on the phone. Then finally, six o'clock, you get back home. Then you break the fast. That is Hindu fasting. What did I call it? That is not Christian fasting. If you need your energy, eat your food. What did I say? If you need your energy, eat your food. What do we need as believers? Practical tip again. Take a, take a set of messages. Kill them up. You can take a set of Kingdom World messages. Say, I need to do this series. How to bless your children. I'm having problems with my children. I'm going to take a week. Every morning when I wake up, like I said, like I've given as an example now, I wake up very early. I stand and listen to one message. I read certain scriptures. Then I begin to pray. And I mention my children by name one by one. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will let you know what's wrong with one. Or what's wrong with you that's affecting him or her. Three hours every day. At the end of one week, all of them will become like Samuel. <laughs> do, you, do you get my point? See, don't, you know, unconsciously we have this attitude that if I'm hungry, God will feel sorry for me. Listen, let's be honest. That's what we do. We have this feeling that if I'm hungry, God will feel sorry for me. He will not answer my prayer. No hunger strike. Let me tell you something. God does not negotiate with terrorists. He won't negotiate with you. What he wants to do is to hack in onto him. So how do we stay prayed up? We need, remember, all of his provisions are where? In his promises. So what do we do? You go and get the promises. Second one, maybe we'll talk about next time. You put the promises on your mouth. On your lips. That's why we start with Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That word has what? Power is alive. One of our brothers, you know, last time he was here, I don't know why he's still around. He said, when he shared his testimony with me, he was smiling. I said, I like your kind of testimony when it was done. I said, I like this kind of testimony. That it makes preaching sweet. He says, sir, this COVID period, there's a place he was walking, they laid off staff, and it was amongst those that was laid off. And for five months, he didn't have work. He said, but that Pastor Paul, you preach something that how you react in the time of adversity is very important. So he was careful to react properly in the midst of that adversity. Now, the testimony, which was what really knocked me out, he said that he doesn't know how, how the, the, a particular company where he works right now. He said, I didn't apply. I don't know how they got my CV. He said, 
one day got an either an email or phone call from them that they should come for interview. Online, of course. It was um, just before COVID or something. But it was either just before COVID or shortly after COVID lockdown began. Online, he, he did the interview. Second time, then they, they scheduled him for the next set of interviews. And he, he cleared the first round. Next one, I said, he even tried to prepare. That first one, he was not prepared. This one, he tried to prepare. He didn't even know how to prepare. Then they did the online interview again. He did well. Well, he said he didn't think he did so well. But they gave him the impression that he did well. And at the press interview, he said that he was sincere. He said he didn't know what they meant by he was sincere. You ask me a question, I'll give you an answer. So maybe, now I want to add my own words. Maybe they asked him something. He said, that one I don't know. I've not studied that one. Maybe I'll learn. So, you know, he, the way, he said when he said it, they told him he was sincere. And they gave him the job. And the last job he had, this one was paying far better than the last one he lost, you know, the, the job he lost. But that's not the, the final gist, though. He now said that something happened, that COVID lockdown now began. They said everybody go home, work from home. But then because of his own area of working, they literally doubled his salary because he had to do a lot of work to help other people work from home. He says, sir, I go to work and come back from work every day with Uber. They pay. He said, so I don't have to spend money on transport or anything. I go to work. Now, he said, what beats him is that till today, nobody told him where they got his name or got his CV. When he told me the story, I said, I like this testimony. It's sweet. Are you getting my point? Yeah, it's a very sweet one. It's a very, very sweet one. What am I emphasizing? How do we pray for ourselves as believers? Let's not play catch-up problems first. Then we start praying about them. Now, now, let me just say this quickly. Sometimes that happens. Like we said, life has traps. Things happen in life you didn't plan for. And you have to respond. There's another way you respond with that, uh, to that. But I'm talking about on a regular basis. Keep your atmosphere saturated with divine promises. That's how you stay prayed up. All those times we travel. How many times do we say, let us pray before we move? <laughs> Men of God, we hardly remember. We just said that the guy, guys, have you bought this one? Have you done this one? Okay, let's go, let's go, let's go. We hit the road and we start going. We hardly remember. Let's, let's pray for this journey. Father, as we set out on this journey, I just, I'm not saying it's wrong. Go. In fact, I told you the one that happened last time I had to go home to Ondo State because we had a family function. And that time, you know, this uh, headsman thing was strong in that area. It was so strong that my mother-in-law called me and said, please, I can arrange mobile policemen to escort you people. She told my wife. My wife came and told me. I said no. She, came, she asked me directly. I said, mommy, don't worry, don't worry. We'll be fine, we'll be fine. We'll be fine doesn't mean I want to die. <laughs> don't worry, I'm not a gluten for punishment. I'm not a, a fatalist. It's not waiting to happen, waiting, let it happen. No, I don't want to die. I had my wife there. I had almost, most of the children, maybe minus one or two. I think only one was in there, so the whole family. So you can imagine how full matter was. So what did we do? So that kind of thing brings up, let me put it like this. It's unbelief we rise. Yeah, that's it. What is unbelief? Every explanation why the word of God will not come to pass. So unbelief we rise. So you have to fight unbelief and push it down. So I'm not saying it's wrong to pray. So now as soon as we hit the road, I, tell you, I just told everybody in the car, let us pray. Everybody say after me. That was a prayer. 
There is none like the God of Israel. They will repeat, there is none like the God of Israel. Who rise the heavens to help us. And through the skies in his majesty. The eternal God is a dwelling place. And underneath us are his everlasting arms. He has driven out the enemy from before us. And he says, let destruction overtake them. Therefore, we will dwell in safety. And the foundation of our life is tabernacle in the land of green and new wine. And the heavens over us pours down dew. Amen. Amen. Let's go. I wasn't, it was not wishful thinking. It's either Mopo or this one. <laughs> Are you getting my point? And I decided that this one is better. It's safer. You know, if armed men are plenty, they will shoot your mopo and your mopo will die. But you cannot outgun my angels. One of our angels is more than 185,000 Assyrian soldiers. One. So when the, when the Lord deploys a, a, a legion, the whole American army is in trouble. How much more a few crazy bandits? No. I discovered that that was safer. I told one of our brothers, it was deep in the north that time as a youth copper. And there was tension. There was like a inter, you know, communal conflict. Things were heating up. They knew there was trouble. This canneries. They knew the fight was going to break out. So he went into his room to go and pray. And he prayed until suddenly he felt there was somebody in the room. And he turned and looked. And yes, there was somebody in the room. And the fellow blocked his door with his body. Folded his hand like this. His head reached the ceiling. His whole body covered the door. And he folded the hands. I was looking at him. He said the guy was handsome. This whole body, big guy, blocked the door and folded the hand. I was looking at him. He turned, used copper, to look, who is this? The guy just had a blank look on his face and I was looking at him. And the Holy Spirit said, that's your guardian angel. He said, no, I forgot one part of it. He said, suddenly, a kind of peace I couldn't explain just came over me. See, the word of God is alive. So I'm just saying that, so I'm not saying that when things happen, when unbelief wants to rise, that that because of circumstances, we handle it too. You have to push down unbelief. Please go and listen to the series again. The fight against unbelief. It's an important fight. We have to fight unbelief. Sometimes, has it not happened to you before suddenly? You wake up, all your friends have disappeared. The ones that are going to Lagos have left for Lagos. The ones going abroad have gone abroad. And all of them are trying to explain to you that you stay in Enugu. You see, you can't see. Let me tell you, those words affect you. Unless you are really... No, can I use you? The only way I can use uh, is a very funny word, but please, pardon me. Unless you are really jazzed up with the word of God. No, it will affect you. When it does, don't panic. I've learned, these days, almost nothing worries me. Do you know the reason? I have found out how to solve them. I'll just push it till night. Why night when everybody don't sleep? When everybody is quiet? Just take a few scriptures and read them out. And lay it before the Lord. Lord, everybody says I should be afraid. I don't think I should be afraid. Bless me. Keep me. Expand my course. Wherever you say I should stay, I will stay. In the, just do that one for 30 minutes. Go back to sleep. You wake up next morning. You will feel good. You will feel good. The peace of God that passes all understanding will enter your body. So please, don't forget that. So back to where I was. What do we use to do? We just hit the road and we start moving. 
It's not like we are being careless. No. Every morning, I declare it. Almost every morning. Maybe not 100%, but a lot of times. No, if I, you hear me pray about it, pray with it here a lot of times. No evil will befall you. No plague will come near your dwelling place. That is a living word. That is a living word. That word will possess policemen on the road. They will guard you and protect you. That word will fix a bridge that you should have fallen over. It's, a, it's scripture. I wanted to read it, but time is gone. Psalm 91. No evil will befall you. No plague will come near your dwelling place. Listen, people take time out to travel. Go for a medical checkup because they want to live. Your own medical checkup is in the word. Your own health is in the word. Pay attention to it. That's what I'm saying. The other day, I gave, gave you one um, advice here. Start reading COVID news. Because what it's doing is weakening your faith. So, how many people have died in America? 150,000. Did you die in America? Brazil is next in line. Did you die in Brazil? You will not die. Say amen. amen. So, why are you frightening yourself? And I told you, they say, okay, it kills elderly people. And you have elderly parents, elderly uncles, elderly somebody that you love. And what do you do for the person? You pray for the person. No death is an accident. The angel of death, or the spirit of death, whatever you want to call it, in the morning he has his death list. They'll give you a list. What? People will go die today. They go look up. Okay? Assume the guy covering Nigeria. Adamawa, seven. This one's how would they die? Two of them, road traffic accident. Thirty-three guys on sick, heart failure. Five. Um, gunshot. That's it. Enugu. Ah. He said, don't use COVID in that place. So Pastor Panky go back. So he said, no, no, God, I'm not going to use COVID. I'm not going to use COVID. Enugu. <laughs> when I say five, he has the names. So it's not as if he doesn't come to Enugu and do tumbon, tumbon. No. The Lord will give you the list. Number one, finish his course in life. Number two, you know the hear word. Number three, <laughs> I'm telling you, God writes the names one by one, having decided in judgment who is dying, who is living. He said number 15, in Enugu for the week. Ah, that guy. He said he's tired. He wants to come home. I wanted him to stay more, but he doesn't let us rest. He said to be with the Lord is better, so let him come. How do I take him? Death by death. After church service, he'll just sit at the back. He won't get up again. That's how death works. It's not an accident that he, if he had known, he would not have traveled that day. Did he, where did he travel? The roads are there. It's a lie. The death spirit came and said, Mr. Jale Koko Ambrose, you are dying today. You don't want to go out? I said, I'm not going out. <laughs> he said, no problem. Cement truck crushed the building. <laughs> the guy will be in the parlor sleeping. One cement truck will just go, go, sir. Just crush one pillar on him. So I, I told him to go out. He didn't want to go out. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it thinks by staying at home, he will not die. No? So if death doesn't have your name, he can't do anything to you. 
when this, when the, when the Lord gave it to them, Satan, to take Job's goods, take Job's children, he told him, don't touch him. Next, that one came talking, hey, Job, just because he's still healthy. He said, touch his body, but you can't touch his life. There was nothing. There was no way any doctor wanted to explain it. No scientist could explain it. Job was not going to die. Job was not going to die. Let me pray for you again. You will not die. After this season, you will prosper more than ever before. Hold that word. Don't don't let it go. After this season, you will prosper more than ever before. All the financial loss you seem to have suffered because of this lockdown period. In, a, in less than half of the period after it is over, you will make more than double what you lost. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. There are people that their line of business, God says, I'm shutting it down. That's because it's opening another one. Amen. You are stepping into a new realm of abundance. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. How do we keep ourselves prayed up? It's simple. We look for his promises and spread the promises around us. That is how we pray for ourselves. Let's bow down the head, our heads to give a lot of thanks for today. Let's give the Lord thanks for his word this evening. Let's say, Lord, we thank you. Let him hear your voice of thanksgiving. And say, Lord, we are truly grateful for bringing your word to us again. We thank you. We thank you. Now let's pray for the discipline to put those um, promises. First of all, um, to put those disi- the, the promises in our mouth that will be careful to observe all, 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 all his promises. Somebody needs to pray that prayer and say, Lord, help me to be careful to observe all, all. It says to Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. So let us pray that we will be careful to observe all. That discipline. That discipline, you're praying for yourself, that discipline to be careful, to observe all, consigning my health, consigning my finances, consigning everything, consigning my children. Lord, I receive that discipline in season and out of season, in season and out of season. I will not wait until there is crisis. I receive grace. I receive grace. That discipline to be careful to observe all that you have written in this book of life. Lord, we thank you again. Thank you for grace that you have poured upon your people. Thank you for healings this evening. Thank you, Lord, for direction. Thank you, Lord, for instruction. Thank you for correction. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Say praise the name of Jesus. Shall we rise as we take our benediction? If the Lord has blessed you today, then let him hear your voice of thanksgiving in 30 seconds and say, Lord, thank you for your words this evening. I don't know which area the Lord spoke to you, but I believe you heard the word from God. And I'd like you to thank the name 
Just bless the name of the Lord. Say, Lord, we thank you for your word that you sent to us. We are grateful. We are grateful. We are grateful. You're waiting for us to declare those words. The angels are on standby to take those words to the Lord. Say, Lord, we thank you. We give you praise. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. May the God of heaven be merciful to you. May he bless you. May he say smile on you with favor. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Let us share the grace in unison. One, two, three, let's go. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out of under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and we walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is a season of multiplication, dominion, and manifestation in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Give that last line to your neighbor.